There we go. Hi, everyone. This Fuck. might be about Antonio Inoki, or it might be Fuck. a chat. We're gonna. Oh, Dylan! Fuck. You're dick. Fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm coming to you live from where I always broadcast, the corner of my living room. Dylan is broadcasting from what seems to be either fucking, his living room. Yeah, we're living room. Finally allowed inside. We're First inside. Time. Oh my god. Well, I did the math, that? and I was like um because my son's in daycare sometimes now so it's like oh, i'm just recording in the garage just for some reason now truly so i just moved I one light it. inside and we're set up baby i thought you just liked it in there in the garage well, the yeah. garage is very freeing yeah it feels like it's your space i'm very excited Are look these... at this clean wall it's disgusts me <laughs> yeah this look, at this. look at this couch soft for your for your back since i'm a family man i've i fucking beat off on this couch like twice you know on you know crazy it is to ha- own a so coach and only beat off on it off twice. twice and it That's was like insane. and when you have a family you're like fuck i can't even like accidentally nut on this couch you gotta be like fucking you gotta get all the nut you, you gotta, gotta get fucking all- basically I- jack off in a raincoat and then nut specifically on the raincoat. this is a weird thing of i have not i think i've nutted one time on i know I've never jacked off on the sofa that I have now. I've well, had here's, here's my it. favorite thing. I think I've talked to you about this, but this is the Alex Wood test. This Very funny. Great, this is the greatest thought experiment. This is the greatest thought experiment in for men ever. When is the last time you jacked off lying down, John? Friday. See, you're a man of leisure. Certainly am. If you like, I can't just literally can't recall the last time I I always jack off standing up because I'm fucking ready to run, buddy. I'm fucking. You gotta go. I got a meeting. You got things. I also, but that's not even true because I used to like jacking off a lot before work just so I'd be like late for work and the people would be like, I was like, oh, I saw I got cut up and then I'd be like in my head, be like nutting. Okay, so this is a thing that I've been <laughs> trying to turn into stand up for two years, but it's too creepy for people to admit, which okay. is I'm going to say 60% of the time a man is late. It's because he looked at his watch and went, I got to be out of here in five minutes. I can fully jack off. <laughs> and, and then you get too into it. Yeah, you got too into it. You can't find the video that's really speaking to you. I'll on... say sixty percent under twenty-two, or I, maybe it's just no, us. It's, no, no, no. I feel no, like a lot not. of guys would be like very. Here's why that I would think... be interesting to post online because either people it would take off and a lot of people would be like on board, or it wouldn't take off. Like that was the type never, of video where yeah. you would need to hire a troll farm to get like a thousand likes because if it was at a thousand, it would get to a million. But if it wasn't at a thousand, it would never get any. You're hundred percent. Cause here's how I figured this it's out. Like was when you go into a comedy club, and go, who watches porn? And the most hacky thing is to be like, Oh, it's just me. But like, no one wants to be like, fucking yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, when she, it's a, a great gets uh, throated because she's stuck. It's the great thought experiment of Los Angeles because there's a whole set. Because what no one talks about LA is there's a whole section of the town is where they make all the porn. So if you're in that part of town, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, fuck, fuck, just wearing a fucking loose shorts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you will see porn stars, and it's the greatest thing to just see people pretending not to recognize them. Oh, man. And um, who could that be? That was be? like the, the fucking. I would arrive early to a show when you could smoke. It's weird because weed is legal in Canada now, but you cannot smoke inside. And when it was illegal, you could smoke inside because the cops just didn't give a shit. But there's a place you could smoke inside. Not one of the good ones. It's called Vapor Central. And there's a strip club right next to it. And the show would start at 9. And all the strippers would get on shift seemingly at like 8. So you would see just clearly strippers and comedians in a Starbucks. And it was like every comedian was like... I'll have the smallest coffee because I need to sit here. And every stripper was like, I'm getting the biggest fucking drink. <laughs> You're putting fucking whipped cream on it. And you know what? I'm going to get extra shots. Just pour them down the drain. I yeah. got money. I don't fucking. I fuck this you. Is, fuck you. Fuck you. This is all okay. cash. Wait, was Vapor Central? Vapor Central was bluer and clandestiny was next to because they were both technically next to strip clubs. Just one clandestine. Oh, yeah. I guess it was close to Jilly's, wasn't it? Close, okay, oh, my God. So close to Jilly's. My favorite of all. Uh, one of my many favorite. Jilly's is dope. Was seeing a stripper walk out of there. Farmer. Farmer sneeze into a gutter. Uh, <laughs> just go. Ah, fuck. And then just walk yeah. back in. <laughs> Here's what I liked about Jilly's was uh, one time. Amateur but- night. That's what I liked about it. Amateur night was my friend uh, Ryan once went to uh, amateur night and a girl was hammered up there 
And he was like, I swear to God, we made eye contact. And she was like, couldn't think of anything to do. So she did the funky chicken for not a full <laughs> two seconds, but just started to and then bailed on it. And then he just stood up and yelled, I know, I know. He was laughing so hard. He's like, I know. We shared a moment, which is funny to yell. And everyone thought he was just being weird to say we shared a moment. But he was like, no, because she did something. But everyone else in the club was like, clearly, like, she's not in love with you, dude. <laughs> so I she really won that encounter still. Question, Dylan. Are we going to do Antonio Inoki or are we recording again before Sunday? To, and this will just be a chat episode. Uh, no, we're doing Antonio Inoki. I guess we could record tomorrow on Friday. I cannot record tomorrow because I'll be flying to Bristol, Virginia. Bristol, Virginia. I was really excited for you, and then you put Virginia in there. I'm going to tell you, I've been to Bristol, Virginia, Tennessee before. Let me tell you about this town and why I love it. One, it is in two states at the same time. Two, the gas station has a casino in it. (laughs) (laughs) Does the casino have a gas station? Uh, no, it is very much a uh, gas mostly station. gas station, and it's then there's like some I, slot machines. I am surprised I didn't take a. Oh, I know why I didn't take a photo. The last time I was there was a week after my friend passed away, and I was so sad. I befriended a stray cat and had a big cry in a natural amphitheater behind a bunch of the shops. Anyway, it's a one street town with businesses on either side, mm-hmm. and then is just in the middle of Virginia and Tennessee, and it is fucking wild it is the best i fucking love the south except for one glaring issue the food uh and of course the <laughs> no, no 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 <laughs> get those grits off my fucking plate yeah that is my only complaint about this area is you guys keep putting greens on my plate and they mm-hmm. uh, listed a moisture i do not want to touch my potatoes uh also <laughs> and this is the best thing is do you remember those really ridiculous coffee shops that were in like toronto in like 2010 that were called like splash and like the joke of like what is this a five dollar coffee or whatever okay those places are now in super rural places because like they've saturated and that's just what a coffee shop is yeah so you get the what someone in rural tennessee thinks is like a hipster urban coffee shop real good stuff full bowl of smashed avocado (laughs) bowl of smashed avocado how it should be done by the way Put your own avocado on your toast, you prick. You're trusting some fucking shelf. He doesn't know how much avocado you want. And let me tell you who also didn't wasn't sure about how much avocado he wanted, and that was Antonio Inoki. Holy shit. Do you Dylan think he lived right and there. died not knowing what an avocado is? I don't know. I, I haven't mean, visited Japan. I don't know about... It's probably bad to... Im- well, I guess, does it have a climate I, you could grow avocados in? I think that definitely... I'm, I'm basing this purely off of the fact that I've had a lot of avocado roll sushi... He is. He is also. I would assume that healthy is, enough yeah. that he would be like, "Oh, this is a good fat." He's one yeah, of those yeah, yeah. where it's like, He's, "Wow, you don't eat enough fat that you need to be like, oh, this is a good fat. I can put this in my diet.'" Where it's like, uh, "I'll get fat from the chips, thank you." Antonio Inoki is a fascinating personality in that he is basically he's the Vin, he's what Vince McMahon actually always wanted to be is that he's this super imposing physical presence who basically his entire wrestling career from the formation of New Japan to his death was him winning or him thinking that people thought he could win and then he just died in glory yeah. we touched on it briefly but it's like he's he's like unchecked Vern Gagne where it's like yeah oh wait people just are totally on board with me winning shit I'll just keep on winning shit yeah is it possible for oh that's good that just is an opening uh it's very interesting also is that and you can show that he's even more Vern Gagne than Vern Gagne and that he made sure his kids did not get involved in the business i assume his kids are dead i he assume started an outlaw promotion that's what the that's what new japan was it was an outlaw promotion because Ooh. he only had carl gotch and um basically had- the nwa went with all japan of course they did. Why wouldn't you go with All Japan? You want a thin giant Baba? Uh, someone very uh, interestingly pointed out why, what giant Baba's problem was, but why he was so successful, mm-hmm. which was how uh, giant, it was Dutch Mantel. Can I just say this, by the way? Everyone, stop listening to our podcast. Stop listening to all other wrestling podcasts. Just watch Dutch Mantel's videos on YouTube. It's what we've all wanted from wrestling podcast forever. Just a man chewing on a cigar. Hey, let me tell you. He's not a weird creep. He's not constantly bringing up the ladies' songs. <laughs> He's just talking about who is a dick with so much. I've never seen someone get facial hair dandruff before. God 
bless that man. And he was this talking is about the, that. This is the thing is that if you wanted like a real wrestling podcast, like an actual wrestling podcast, that is what like I would say the most reputable source for information. And no one's going to like this, but early Tony Schiavone, where he would just be asked by Conrad Thompson about something. And he'd be like, I don't know. I don't fucking remember that. Yeah, no, the early t- the what happened when podcast is one of those things where and it's something that's not going to be discussed is bad podcasts actually immediately become art because what is causing them to be bad is so crazy that no one stopped this from happening that this mm-hmm. is put out that it's literally like so uh Hulk Hogan joined the WCW in 1994. How do you feel about that, Tony? Was that 94? Holy shit. I was I was cheating on my wife with her sister that entire year while Conrad <laughs> Hill was uh, fully shitting in my wife's blender. So I, uh, I don't remember. I assume, I assume something happened. It was probably fine. Like that, that podcast was crazy, and we that was also the time when we were so like literally wrestling podcasting was just us all sitting around being like, "Did you hear what Bruce Pritchard just said? He went after someone for chicken salad." And now, like Bruce Pritchard's literally, um, also like. <laughs> clearly putting his health at risk by doing so much work. Anyway, who gives a fucking shit about Bruce Pritchard? I do. Here's the interesting thing about Antonio Noki versus uh, Giant Baba, and this is what to be remember. Giant Baba, the reason why I think the NWA wanted to work with him and American wrestlers loved working for All Japan is his entire strategy was build up a roster of monsters and how those monsters were built up was, and this was like known in the business from Dutch Mantel, is that Stan Hansen or Bruiser Brody will literally just beat the living fuck out of you. And that looks really, really good and scary. And then eventually, once in a while, they just lose to Giant Baba. And the entire crowd is like, holy shit, thank fucking God for this fucking thin guy being able to beat up these fucking assholes. Saved us again. And so Anoki was able to be an alternate to that by just presenting vaguely competitive matches and also like the guy at the top had a really handsome body and chin and wasn't like weirdly thin and looked like a baby who's come to life. Like giant Baba <laughs> is one of the most, un- if you see, he literally looks like a little baby. Like you have a baby, giant your, baby, your son and giant Baba in a ring would look the same. Just unsure footed things. You know what I mean? With the, the little runny legs. And it's also funny to be like, Ooh, he's an athlete for what sport baseball. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm. Ooh, no, no, like no, 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 no. You need to actually specify. Uh, he's uh, he's an athlete, baseball player. Oh my god, he must be jacked. No, no, baseball player from that's the fifties. Oh my god, <laughs> that's the one sport where it's still totally fine to be fat. Where it's like, oh, that's not actually that's helps. Not true. That's not true. It's now because of steroids they've ruined baseball. People need to know. Baseball used to be the best. It used to be a two guys that look like me and Dylan, and we'd be the stars of the team. Dylan because he can fucking hit it right out of the fucking diamond and me because i'm just on coke that was the other thing that was great about <laughs> baseball most boring game done I'm by telling you, still the blue jays two best players are fat guys are they really they were in the playoffs were the best we're players. in the playoffs were in three the best players are fat guys am i one of, are you one of yeah, the best Vladimir players? Guerrero jr's fat um oh my god alejandro kirk is fat and alex forget his last name but i really should know the pitcher is fat they're all fat alex they're like they're all fat like and not Ball? even like Oh, this guy's kind of fat. Just like literally, just like that's the best thing about. If you have to, be, if they have to be a wrestler, which one wrestler are they? There are all. There's two Eddie Kingston's and one fucking. I don't know, man. But one, two of them are flat out. No, Eddie Kingston oh my God. honestly is thinner uh, than Alejandro. Kirk. We are going to talk about Ale, uh, Antonio Noki in a second, but first, I'm going to say this: is Eddie Kingston is a very specific type of Toronto Husky in that he is the like. Um, he's like he does. A, he's done a bunch of planks in garages while drinking with his friends. So he's got a really powerful core, but does nothing else. And that, <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, that that deserves to be on the Toronto Blue Jays. So Antonio Inoki, he has launched his empire. He's running around. He's fighting people. He's really bad at his job. <laughs> well, he starts oddly a lot in the way that. Um... I think that AEW did where Anoki's clearly the star. The first thing he does is lose to Carl Gotch to give Carl Gotch the title. And um, they have a great, they do a great rating. And their first show to draw 10,000 fans is in October. And they started in March. So it's like they do quickly. And also, like, weirdly, I think this shows that since New Japan was more sold on like this new style of wrestling it really does go to say like if there's a new style of wrestling and it makes sense then just build a promotion around that style because it will succeed 
I actually have to also say this is something that's very much done in Japanese wrestling, which is they that is sort of been stolen by the WWE's need for eras. But I also love the that uh, Japanese wrestling now kind of stipulates itself via styles. And I guess Antonio Naki gave us that launch by like, okay, all Japan is white guy beats up everyone, little baby beats him. Antonio Noki is going to be like strong chin man has competitive match yeah. with racist. The tick wins. Yeah, exactly. I uh, his second I, big opponent is Johnny Powers. Yes, Johnny who, Powers. And this is this is very interesting. Is there's one picture of the wrestler and then a bunch of pictures of the singer. So that lets you know about Johnny Powers. Yeah, yeah, he was an excellent singer. Uh, he um, uh, it, this also gave uh, New Japan ties to Mike LaBelle's Los Angeles promotion, uh, which was very uh, short lived because they start a working relationship with Vince Senior in 1975, which resulted in Andre That's the Giant. Great. Coming over to Japan, and I assume uh, doing all those things that we've heard about, like um, uh, Hulk Hogan walking by the open window of Andre's hotel room, and he was fucking two Japanese girls, and he quote-unquote said it looked like a lion attacking two gazelles. I mean, here's the thing. What hotel has open windows I to the fucking street? Like, he, was he Thank walking you. on the thirtieth floor? Man, Hulk Hogan's the best liar. He's the best liar. What's He's also very good? He makes up the worst, worst lies. Ones. But this is the thing with people that are compulsive liars. I uh, I had a compulsive liar in my life for many years. Here is the thing with them: they are the worst liars. Like it's always like there's so many of them. The, but the also, sheer volume. Just keep them straight. Just keep them straight. Yeah, man. Right. I have a book. Yeah, write it down. Keep it evidence. It's so fucking funny. That's when I, dude, Brando couldn't make it. So that's when I accompanied Robert Evans to the premiere of The Godfather, brother. Yeah. Let me say this, dude. It, the year, dude, was 1975, dude. And Andre the Giant, dude, he was looking for new opponents, dude. And I, dude, had just seen a Godzilla movie, dude. So I suggested, dude, Andre, dude, why don't you go to Japan, dude, and fight, dude, Godzilla, dude. He did. And that was the third movie, dude. Rocky Three, which I was in, dude. <laughs> and that was a documentary called Godzilla, brother. <laughs> what do you anyway, think it's like to be Hulk Hogan's girlfriend? Like, because she has to know this is all bullshit. Like, she's just sat next to him. And there's some people that are just fucking, they just don't question shit. And they just fucking. Where are these people? Because yeah, I got news for you. You know what I have in my life? And I feel like you have a lot in your life as well. The exact opposite. The always question. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you but making I mean, that you banana? tell 50 people something, 49 of them are thinking it's bullshit. And one person will be like, yes. And I think honestly, Hulk Hogan, people say that obviously he maxed out his earning potential as a professional wrestler, which I'm certain he did. But like Hulk Hogan now like in this era right now is a millionaire nine million followers instagram the left hates him he's like i'm just an independent i'm just an independent black lives matter is a terrorist group though i'm independent <laughs> like that's what fucking hulk hogan is going to be now he's the liver king now you know what i mean like, oh yeah he really undersold how much he could oh do. uh just like his way, quietly, lies plus quietly. the internet Yes. Uh, anyone listens to the podcast, just Google the, I believe it's a Wired article where they go to the Liver King's house. It's real good. Real good stuff. <laughs> so anyway, 1975, he has, 1975, maybe it's crazy. by his um, relationship with Vince Sr. 1973, he was standing in front of a department store when he was vi viciously assaulted by Taiju Jeet Singh, an unknown in Japan. This was an angle. It was so unusual that it was covered as if it were actually a shoot. It wasn't until June 26, 1974, when the two actually had a match with Nozalta Noki breaking Singh's arm with an arm bar, thereable, thereby establishing the move as a real submission move in Japan. And uh, on October 14th... I find it really interesting that Japan has this reputation for much more serious wrestling, and it's a guy who came to the ring with an actual sword attacks a guy yeah. in front of a department store and then he like it's actually like i think it's just they just do crazy stuff way more seriously in that like ddt wouldn't work in the states because people would be like wink while ddt works in japan because it's like no that that little girl might beat kenny omega and it's also like tiger jeet singh yes had a sword but the other thing is like Tiger Jeet Singh's so smart to be like, hey, no one will work with this New Japan thing that's coming up. They have, but really, they have like, this is like, I guess a bad example would be if Brock and Austin, one of them split off, let's say Anoki's Austin, 
split off and made his own promotion that was like, no. uh, I only have Stone Cold Steve Austin to help me win this promotion. And then he was like, all right, I'm some wrestler. I'm just going to go to where Stone Cold Steve Austin is because he needs opponents. And uh, then we're just going to fucking... We have I this example, by the way. Dick it's Hulk Hogan. Into- it's Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan basically... Uh, Hulk Hogan is shitty Antonio Inoki, and WCW is new American pro wrestling. And it's I don't the, think so. Yes, WCW had so, much, fight, so much talent. It's so much fucking talent. Okay, now, who's Sting? Need- who's Sting in New Japan pro wrestling? Antonio Inoki. So, wait a minute. Hogan comes over to New Japan. And becomes Sting at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Sting, like, there's literally nothing. You are okay. You are right that Antonio Noki, it's just him. But what I more mean is, I feel like if John Cena, if AEW started with just John Cena, oh my god, and John Cena. By the way, wouldn't now what a promotion that would have been. Two hours on T, just John Cena freestyle rapping for the first week. Next week ends with at they just hit Adam Page's theme music. You don't even see him come out, and uh, John Cena is so unafraid he starts putting clothing on. Week after that, <laughs> I Adam guess it was like if AW was like what he wants, what CM Punk wanted it to be, was just him versus like people. Yeah, who it's, would that's lose exactly time. what it would be. Is if AEW was just CM Punk, first week was just CM Punk eating vegan food, talking about how much better it was for you. Oh yeah, like a yeah. fucking loser. Yeah, chicken's just fat, salmon's just fat, just <laughs> and just fat. making political statements. And anytime someone was like, "Didn't you say this?" they were thrown out of the building. Yeah, exactly. Um, Nineteen seventy four. Uh, New Japan Lord, Strong Kobayashi, the international heavyweight champion, top star of the IWE promotion to New Japan without dropping his title. After the announcement of the Dream Match, which was also the first first Japanese versus Japanese championship main event since the early 50s, it became clear Kobayashi had jumped because he was stripped of the title by the IWE before the match itself took place on March 19th. Inoki winning in another legendary encounter. The match did 28 million viewers. Holy fucking shit! This is the other thing. Population of Japan. This is the other thing that's so fucking fascinating. Is all of this stuff is on television. It's not close circuit. It's not that sort of stuff. Bear in mind, also, for a lot of the tours or live shows, there is a potential that New Japan and All Japan are running at the same time. Like the competition was so intense, if one of them ran a show in a city, the other one was running a show in that city on the same day. Also, uh, so the population of Japan was 110 million. So that's an estimated like one in five people are watching that. Good fucking God. That's fucking crazy. But I mean, it's a big fight. And um, when wrestling was unequivocally better when people thought it was real. Yeah. Because you had the base of people who actually thought it was real and then more people that thought this is fake, but let's get into it. Who cares? I still think my favorite time of people, which is, yeah, they got to fake it. Hogan's too strong. That was those are my favorite fans. He's <laughs> too strong. Are, if they, if they didn't if they didn't fake it, he'd be dead. Aren't you happy he's faking it? He'd fucking kill people. Yeah. It's either so you so you want them to do this so he would kill him. Okay, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's fine. But that's the whole thing is you want guys like Brock Lesnar and to a certain extent Roman Reigns, guys who like make you lose your dis like who suspend your disbelief, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. That's the one thing about Logan Paul. It's like when Logan Paul had that match with Roman Reigns, yes, he is very good at the act of professional wrestling, but as soon as you see the match start, you're like, I can appreciate Logan Paul's very good at this. My disbelief is now like... I'm actually surprised no one has said this, which is why the fuck didn't they just have Logan Paul? And it's because Logan Paul wouldn't agree to it, but they should have just had Logan Paul. Uh, it's Logan Paul, Brock Lesnar. What's going to happen? We're all going to get what we all wanted. Logan Paul's about to get the shit kicked out of him. Instead, but truly, like he would have just Paul like actually just been suplexed seven million times. Yeah, he would have just been murdered. It's great. Brock Lesnar would have used him as a fucking toothpick. Yeah, but the, that's exactly what you want because like Logan Paul is like he's very lean and tall and like obviously in great shape, but he's not like really muscular. So then you get the difference of like anyway. We'll talk about that in a chat. Anyway, Manny Sayanoki greatest match was the sixty minute two out of three fall match with Billy Robinson on October. 7th, 1975, before a sellout of uh, 13,000 at Sumo Hall. This was billed to a rematch, but Baba offered Robertson the unheard of sum of $8,000 per week. <laughs> to to $8,000 per week is still fucking good. That's pretty good. And what year? This is uh, 75. Whoa, you know, that's like 80, that's $80,000. No, per week. It's th- That's $400,000 a year. For $400,000 a year in 1974, that's over a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... That's a lot uh, for a guy who just is like, and eh, if I can grab your dick, 
I'm gonna grab. I'm a shooter. Here's yeah, right, what I mean. That means you come down a week and then I pin you down, and then I forty-eight thousand dollars a week. He was being paid forty-eight. He was being paid and more than a teacher's salary a week by Giant Baba to fuck the chin. This is oh, awesome. Yes. As part I... of the deal, Robin had to lose the two out of three fall match to Baba Ooh. in the first match with the idea proving that Baba was better than the top stars of the IWE or New Japan who could never beat Robinson. In his career in Japan, while he did lose to Countout a few times, including to Jumbo Saruta, Robinson was the only person... Uh, sorry, Baba was the only person who Robinson ever lost cleanly to. Which, that's fucking crazy. Hey, I'll uh, lie you back, and then you come down to Wigan, and I watch you fuck my mom. I love Japanese wrestling for no other reason than this. It is so much, it is somehow even pettier than American wrestling. And American wrestling is so, this is so petty, Dylan. Like, literally just. But that's the fucking, this is the thing. Everyone fucking talks about Vince McMahon. How could he do that? Blah, blah, blah. Giant Bob is doing the exact same playbook. And everyone's like, Giant Bob was one of the greatest bookers yeah, of all time. It's the exact same thing. Because they just don't know anything about him. That's the thing yeah. with wrestling is just don't Goldberg, learn okay. WWE, you're coming over to WWE, pal. Glad to have you. What do you want me to do, Vince? Well, first thing comes out. You suck my fucking dick. You can't even get me yeah. hard. I kill you. You're really dead. What? No, that's just a euphemism anyway here's my right. fake gun we've just signed bill goldberg bill this is uh, kanye west kanye tell bill what you think of him and his people <laughs> um this is a really cool idea new japan has the first martial arts title i would love it if there was like a wrestling oh title. Like, so do i let's fucking get here's the i think they control they were... your narratives intercontinental Ooh, title buddy. should be the martial arts belt just where it's like separate event bad. Separate tickets you sell, and it's literally you just recreate Street Fighter <laughs> and just have t- fans that can stand in the background while these guys fucking fight, and you film uh, it on a line like it's too. I'll have you know that WWE already has that intellectual property. It's called The Battle of the Tough Guys, and it was featured in a little movie called No Holds Barred. No, it was uh, no, because they tried what the fuck was that thing called where, J- where Shane McMahon was there on Un- Raw Underground, yeah. Oh my god, I forgot about Raw on in like that was in like the late nineties. In the late nineties. When no, was, was Raw? That was recent. Was oh, then I'm confusing. What am I thinking of? Shotgun Saturday night. I'm thinking of Shotgun Saturday night, sorry. And where they did it in a nightclub and yeah, and there was nuns there for some reason. The very brief time oh, when yeah. in the nineties when it was really edgy to just have a nun somewhere. I do love the idea of fucking like knockout or submission, no pins, and then it's just like and then you get fucking me. Then Steve, get, then oh, you and then I'd win. then Steve it's Blackman. Real. Then Steve Blackman wins again. Yeah, that's funny about Steve Blackman. He's like trained a UFC champion or something. Where he's like, trained more than one UFC champion. Like he's a and like also the story of him fighting the Big Show from his back is one of the most insane things I've ever heard in my life. Because he's so boring, but it's like yeah, of course he can really fight. The most boring guys are the best fighters. Yeah, he's just been busy reading about pressure points. <laughs> So Inoki knocked out, but actually didn't. That's how wrestling works. Two-time Olympic gold, judo gold medalist, who at the time was considered a, considered a job, top job judo player, judo, judo, geez, in the world after three back suplexes. Inoki beating the judo champion was supposed to give him the athletic credibility in the United States media, but since the American media at the time figured Inoki must have been a sumo wrestler since he was Japanese and had no understanding of judo or Ruska, while the clips aired on news programs and wrestling shows around the country, Ruska really didn't mean anything that much outside of Japan. Where it's like, surely they'll think I'm take me serious now. Uh, so anyways, this I guess Chef beat up some guy. That's good stuff. <laughs> Just yeah, some 70s racism. I've where never it's like heard a man with a cigarette more and a bunch yeah. of papers in front of him doing a newscast. And in this story, I'm going to guess this fucking whatever. One of these fucking losers I hate. I'm Here's not even going to say the race Here's because I don't like it. Go for yeah, it. This is, this is the journalist. This is a journalist. This is, I, it, sunglasses are part of it. Mm-hmm. How the fuck did you wrestle sumo? You're so thin. I wasn't a sumo wrestler. Yeah. Tell it to someone who's stupid. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, every single journalist back then was Larry King. Where first of all, he had to like get off ten minutes of questions about what he thought yeah. <laughs> based on how you look, your life was. And then so wait a minute, those, wait, like, yeah. wait a minute. Your name's Antonio, and you're not from Italy. <laughs> it's breaking. That was the well, fucking. What was it? He, um, I think it was. The, was it? 
Oh my god, was it the Benoit thing? Some very serious, either that or like all the wrestler deaths. Larry King was on with Hogan and Mick Foley, and Hogan, and then Hogan just casually mentioned something about a work, and then Larry King th- thought he got this huge fucking scoop because Hulk Hogan admitted wrestling was fake, and he was basically like, "Everyone, zoom in, say it again, Hulkster." I got the fucking scoop of the century. I'm Larry King. Pardon me. I just got divorced and married at the same time. Yeah, the, to do that. the craziest one, though, was uh, Larry King arguing with Jerry Seinfeld about whether or not the show Seinfeld was canceled. That was great. That's the most uncomfortable thing because it's, it's two assholes. And there's nothing. Yeah, there's no winner. There's no win. The, <laughs> the winner is all of us. And we actually lost because they both didn't die. Um. So in the 70s, obviously, behind Inoki, New Japan is established as a major force of the industry because he signs Muhammad Ali. And Muhammad Ali, this is is covered very extensively. um, We watched this match by us on Instagram during the COVID-19 pandemic lockdown. Oh, yeah. Um, This match is, of course, uh, considered to be the birth of the UFC, and then it's very stupid, and Dana White and the Mafia profited off of it. And um, yeah, and they were both paid in crypto. Yeah, they were both paid on the FTX exchange, and um, mm-hmm. that's gone well, by the way. <laughs> so good. Uh, this Allie, is the thing. Two hundred eighty-four page book by Josh Gross. If you really, really want to get into this, but the long story short, like all fun things, Ali was like, "This is going to be fake, right?" And Anoki was like, "No, no." And then, uh, so then, with that, basically, they made up some crazy rules. Ali had boxing gloves on, obviously. Came out as a boxer. Anoki really wanted them to actually have kicks from standing, but he couldn't do that. So what he would do is just running, basically run, slide, and kick his legs, and then just be on his back for a really long time. And it looks really weird. He really fucked up Ali's legs, though. And there's a thought that after this fight, you can see Ali slow down in the ring because he doesn't have his legs under him truly anymore. I would say that is a lie. And he just got kicked on the legs a lot and probably lost, but also who cares because they didn't even really fight. Uh, Muhammad Ali was paid $6 million for this, which is the equivalent of $36 million today. And at the, this is the two things I enjoyed. And a young Vince this. McMahon helped put this together. A young Vince McMahon helped put this together. And also at one point it was agreed that it would be a winner-take-all purse and Muhammad Ali shot back, does that include the wives? As a clear reference to Antonio Inoki's new wife, famous Japanese actress, uh, Mitsuko Bashua. Uh, and then he fucked her and he fucked Inoki. And then and Muhammad Ali. had a sick-ass key party. Yeah, they had a sick-ass key party. it was the 70s. Jim so. Ross was there. The other person that was involved, Jim Ross lost a bunch of his parents' money because he heavily invested in the, cl- the closed-circuit um yes of this and uh i assume has never forgiven both black people or japanese people for that betrayal here's something really funny bruno san martino had for years been pushing for a mixed match with ali (laughs) san martino legitimately didn't like him of course he did when does he eat the pasta let me ask you a question mohammed why won't you let me put the bear hug on you also do you hate my son dave (laughs) San Martino himself was willing to risk a shoot, feeling that Wrestler beats a boxer, but the risks were high, particularly for the WWWF. San Martino lost. Yep. Love wrestling at this period. I'm better than that guy. Why? Um, I've beaten Stan Stasiak. But, like, of course that's not going to happen because Muhammad Ali, even back then, is making, like, $4 million a fight. And he doesn't need to prove anything and he's also old it's like 1976 yeah this is the thing with wrestling though but wrestlers are skew- like hey everybody just a quick break whoa to thank you guys for donating to patreon if you go into patreon.com backslash wrestler review we have many many options such as brand new untouched episodes so far we've recorded episodes about chris benoit jimmy snuka we took a real uh, a break from evil people and and talked about one man gang and really fun people like that that's for five bucks a month you get access to a whole library of 40 i'm just guessing 40 extra episodes including some watch alongs of hogan knows best we've done a lot of fun stuff we're upping our page yeah and uh thank you so much 10 bucks gets you access to the video if you want to see what two ugly people look like 
everyone come over to my place sleep with me 20 and 25 dollars gets you picking which wrestler you want us to review thanks so much for listening again we love you lay down on a bed of roses yes i did remove all the thrones like, I understand course, how Twitter happened because it's exactly I mean? like it's like it's anything. And it's also that sort of thing of like they wrestling, especially at this period, is in a very interesting moment in that like martial arts and a lot of wrestling adjacent things are very popular. But we're still very much knee deep in the territories, localized sort of wrestling sort of this thing is before consolidation. This is completely before consolidation. But the one thing you have is Muhammad Ali is public and, and openly loves wrestling and has stolen a lot of wrestling tricks. To accelerate and accentuate his career. So it's this weird push from all of the territorial promoters to try and get national access using Muhammad Ali. It is also totally an awareness, at least in the United States, but I'm sure Anoki is aware of this too, is globalization is coming. This is the beginning of big giant corporations, of a company being like not just one factory town, but being like a multinational conglomerate. You know what I mean? And mm. I think wrestling companies, some of them were smart enough to be like, we need to figure out how to do that for us. Which is why even at this point you had companies trying to go national and stuff like that. Like I'm still back on the uh, someone being named Freddie Pacheco. Pacheco, can you say that name again? Freddie Pacheco. It's just such an awful fucking name. He's 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 like who's responsible for this diarrhea in the sink? That would be. Freddy he is Pacheco. a good man because he literally goes like from I don't know what year it was from some point in the late seventies. He's basically like you shouldn't fight anymore to Ali, and Ali's like, but I'm going to, and he's like, well, I am not your doctor, and he just retired from being. He's like, I'm not. It's a very you. interesting thing. There's certainly um, Elvis sort of had that too of that thing of like they couldn't get over they they were addicted to being the greatest part of themselves as well, and it's a very interesting thing that I actually speaking of Hulk Hogan, I think had it, and I think Antonio Inoki also had it, and that Antonio Inoki. You are right. He basically created a wrestling promotion by when I'm starting the Antonio Inoki Wrestling League, and it it outlasted his competition. New Japan is the is the sort of cutting edge tip of the spear of indie cool pro wrestling. Like it is the it is the hipster for me. It's a new style, and it's very connected to that like World War Two like. Uh, this is also something I read on Dan Carlin, so please forgive me for this or listen to a whole series on basically the, the Japanese side in World War II. But it's like connected to that like Bushido spirit where it's like oh. basically you hit each other to show how tough you are and how that we are we are strong. And Anoki totally represents that. Yeah, it's very much. He's the he's a giant strong. The giant Baba was doing like fucking. You know what I mean? No, they weren't doing it's... like fish they're out of water spots but they're, and doing, then... but they're doing different versions of the same thing giant baba had structured yes. his company where he's always conquering the american invader is basically how he's presented and antonio noki in all of these matches is just presented as great powerful superman he is the great mm. powerful antonio the chairman for like he's always presented as this sort of like this kind of golden god who but is fallible mm. do you know what i mean it's a very interesting wrestling present it's kind of like Imagine if John Cena also was a congressman for a bit, and we also just kind of never, like, we were kind of always okay with John Cena. I've, I've always been curious, what is the actual fan feeling about Antonio Inoki? I've always just made fun of him because it's funny to make fun of a guy with that kind of face. You know what I mean? But, but like it's a, also like, he yeah, looks cool like a fucking character you'd see in a family, a family guy cutaway. Yeah, he looks like a guy, he looks like what someone would draw your friend as when they're a character artist yeah like, that's like exactly it, right every every single feature is so like pronounced yeah and also like no steroids that's just genetics he just looks like just a, a big fucking head well honestly if he did steroids it would make his head look less weird go ahead because it's like well because his head's so fucking big and the rest of his body's like a normal man's body i wouldn't say that that guy's he got looks the like weirdest. a lollipop no he's his neck is too short it's like this mm. You know how many people watched? In, so we just established one of his matches. One in five people in Japan. That's so insane. Okay, yeah. How many people watched the uh, Lee match? Five Fight. out of five. Pretty much eighty million people versus one hundred and twelve million. So that's yeah. That's holy shit. That's literally five, four out of six. Sixty-six percent of the people. No, more than sixty-six percent of people watched. Who that would be in an American? Match. 
equivalent as an athlete. There's no because like right now for Ali, literally it's like if Floyd That's Mayweather. Insane. That would be like if Jake Paul. It'd be like Logan Paul would have to also be Floyd Mayweather. But it, yeah, it's kind of so like Jake Paul. He'd have to be his brother, Jake Paul. <laughs> but like Tony Inoki is Jake Paul. Go ahead. But it would literally be kind of like if Jake Paul. Mm, no, it'd be like if Roman Reigns fought. I don't know, man. It's impossible. To Mike say. Tyson in the nineties. Literally, be like nineties Mike Tyson versus The Rock, and The Rock didn't lose. Because like, I know it looks weird. The way that and Ali did win, is, but like all be, of the shit you'd show from this fight would be Anoki kicking Ali. What you? Yeah, what you'd have to. It would have to be Donald Trump. If it was like, I also don't think Donald Trump. The Battle of the Billionaires. If you did it now, and Donald, it was Donald Trump versus Bobby Lashley, um, uh, for the freedom of Derek Chauvin. I don't think you're getting 80 million people <laughs> watching that now. <laughs> There was actually an old cassette tape that was uncovered and aired and played to Inoki where a discussion between the parties took place, making it clear it was a work. It was very embarrassing to play it on television with Inoki right there since uh, to the public in Japan, it was always billed like it was a battle of mythical fighters with different rules to determine the best heavyweight fighter. A finish was arranged where both sides would save face. Ali would brutalize Inoki with a flurry of rapid-fire punches. Inoki would blade and be covered in blood. Ali would continue landing punch after punch to the bloody head. Jean LaBelle, the referee, wouldn't stop it. Ali would act merciful as if he didn't want to hurt Inoki anymore. He would argue with LaBelle. Inoki would get up, hit the insiguri, and Ali would go down for the count. Ali's side would claim to be merciful. Inoki would be the hero who was down and out. But it wouldn't even stay down. But sorry, but wouldn't stay down even after taking punches from the greatest boxer of all time. He'd be the hero who survived the beating and pulled out the win using a martial arts move, proving in the end Japanese martial arts could even beat the greatest boxer of all time. That was the original thought. Ali was being paid six million, more than he had ever earned in a real fight, largely to turn Anoki into a worldwide celebrity and a bigger national hero. So this is like a. Imagine if Mike Tyson actually wrestled a match at WrestleMania. This is, I guess this is this is like Austin and Tyson, but they actually fought each other. Austin and Tyson, Tyson and Austin. Um yeah, that's it's very fascinating and then the absolute the economic fallout of all of it um is so fascinating that they basically all lost a bunch of fucking money uh and it became a complicated legacy for them for the rest of their life. Made even more complicated by Anoki's insistence that his theme song Inoki Bumbaye, which is literally just from Ali Bumbaye from the Rumble in the Jungle. Like it's there's also this weird thing. Well, he took it. He took him afterwards. He took that. He took that on afterwards because I understand. But even still, to do that when like the fallout of all this is this great disgrace, it would still be weird that you were like, yeah, but I still am gonna. Fuck, that's a good song though. You know what I mean? Like it's just that, yeah. they, Antonio Inoki is the most fascinating narcissist I've ever encountered in pro wrestling, in that he could disappear all of his mistakes and follies, but he's like, no, 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 no keep the song you're like that'll just remind people of like your horrible deception and he went it won't and then they're like oh it will and it did like that's what's fascinating about enoki is enoki more than even mcmahon is just so convinced that he's gonna be fine and he and because he just doesn't fucking sell it he is i mean well this is the thing ali didn't want to do the job because he thought that losing he would be disrespecting boxing so they agreed to weird shoot rules and this is the crazy thing where it's like to show the lack of knowledge of real fighting, the keys Ali size wanted banned were closed fist punches because Inoki wasn't wearing gloves, no flying drop kicks, as if that would happen in a fight, no karate chops. This is the this is the seventies. They were like, you can't karate chop me, and obviously no grappling or anything. Because if there was grappling, it would have just been like, especially with Ali wearing gloves because he didn't want to mess his hands up. He would have just like, okay, even if he knew how to grapple, he would have been fucked because like the guy's got bare hands, he would have been able to just choke him the fuck out. After agreeing to the rules, uh, Inoki claimed to have challenged Ali to a winner-take-all purse, and Ali, yeah, Ali shot black, including wives, and then fucked his wife right there. And Ali, and Inoki said, "Well, good thing I'm into this." Went into a little closet. Everyone had a good time. All the cameras obviously took pictures and high-fived. And that's what porn was invented, John. That's right. Uh, Dylan and I were there when porn was invented. What he just said was correct. I was also there in 1976. We were both there, and we love it. We were Hashtag. reverse baby ghosts. So we were old demons? <laughs> sure. 
Um, if you want to watch this, it's a lot. Um, don't watch it. Don't watch it. It was. It ended up being a draw. Uh, the boxing judge scored it for an Oki, which is very funny. <laughs> One judge scored it. Like basically, this is something that I get, I'm going to say this right now. That that old boxing judge was being racist. He was like, "Well, who's well, the boxing judge was the Asian man." He was Japanese man, Ko Toyama. Oh, so so I was about to make a joke, but you know what? I still stand by it. He was like, "Well, no." <laughs> so basically, this this is what the so the A side in any boxing has the cards. So basically, what you're only looking at one card because like both sides usually bought a card in any huge fight. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's exactly what happened. It was a draw. Judo Jean Labelle ended up being one scored it for Ali, one scored it for Anoki, and Jean Labelle scored it as a draw. Um. And so they both never got paid, and uh, Anoki, boom by age. You know what? It reminds uh, me of it reminds me of the XFL where everyone watched it, and because I remember going towards the XFL, asking people around school before the XFL, and then coming to school on Monday and be like, oh, what'd you think about it? What he watched it, and everyone was upset because it wasn't like good enough for people that liked football, and people that liked wrestling were like, why wasn't like anyone put through a table? Yeah, it was the yeah. That's a great point. Is it's also that combination doesn't make any sense. Where it's like, let's combine these two food groups, and it's like, no, that'll be good. We will be then making sure to never highlight the things that anyone likes about these things. Oh yes. Um. Oh yeah. And then this is also the closed circuit match that accompanied this in the U.S. was San Martino coming back from a broken neck against Stan Hansen. Thirty-two thousand fans at Chase Stadium, and then they watched Inoki versus Ali afterwards. And wasn't also Hulk Hogan on that card in a cape? Uh, I don't know. No, I think he's in a different... I think there's a different time. There's a different Shea Stadium match where Hulk Hogan is in a cape, and he looks so young and yet so old. It's the only time Hulk Hogan looked like he smoked. This was dope, too. After the fight, Ali was promised, obviously, $6 million, but ended up getting $1.8 million according yeah. to the lawsuit. And, An- and Anoki only got 200000 was promised $2 million. Um, it's no, real great. Million. Oh, he, he claimed, only got two hundred. He claimed he only got two hundred thousand. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Which I also don't know how that happened. Like, it's also the thing of like, because I assume <laughs> everyone got fucked over. Like, how the fuck? How bad is the promotion where one of the promoters gets fucked? Jesus Christ! Decades later, when Paul Levesque made a deal for San Martino to go in the Hall of Fame, one of San Martino's demands would he would get two hundred fifty thousand, which he said Vince's father owed him from that fight. That's sick. I love Bruno. San- Bruno San Martino is such. A petty father. Like, that's such a dad. Like, I like that. Yeah. I yeah. like anyone who's like. I guarantee he called Vince David that day. David, it's your your father. I've been made whole by Vince Sr. Perhaps you'd like to apologize to me for all the times I was mean to you. <laughs> that's so. And you know that, like, it's just a fucking weird. Like, Bruno San Martino absolutely has every single dollar he ever made because he's figured out how to live and somehow pay rent on just having no money. You get yeah. him old pants. Yeah. These well, pants, these pants, these pants are made up of smaller pants I found on the streets. Don't I'll, ask me how. I'll pay your rent. But first, we each have to do German squats. Who does more? <laughs> That's who pays the rent. I am a debt collector, Mr. San Martino. I am paid in cash, or are you paid in squats? I guarantee that Bruno San Martino um, had to be talked down for making his Hall of Fame speech just about different traffic and how bad it was oh, from his diary. Well, did like, you not well, see- just read from what happened yeah, in yeah. your match diary? Although that's just about how hard it was to get there and which it's highways are fast. Very nice to be here at the Hall of Fame. Let me begin my speech. <laughs> here are the April highways in order. <laughs> Yeah, April 1st, 1981. Best highway so far. (laughs) Route 1, New Jersey Turnpike. Best highway, number 2. Highway I don't know the name of near, but not too close to Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) You would be really fun, and I think this was a missed opportunity for Vince Sr. would have been Antonio. No, sorry. uh, Bruno. We're off topic now. Whatever. Bruno San Martino. Like you have like, but because Bruno really was the original kind of Undertaker figure for Vince in the 70s where it's like you have the title, but then Bruno is like just there and you know your promotion's in trouble if you have to put push Bruno because that's like consolidating both. You want two main events. You don't want just one super main event. But just getting, you know, the title is like Bob Backlund versus superstar Billy Graham. And then the co-main event is like Bruno San Martino versus 
a uh, customer service professional of the audience's choosing. Just like uh, everyone's pissed off at the service at Starbucks. So Bruno San Martino versus just some poor manager of a Starbucks. And he just tells them how he wanted his coffee made and then what they did wrong. And then they get beaten up for a, as long as he had to wait in line. There's something you should know. The 25 was- minutes to do this. Get out of here. It was properly made and given to me in an appropriate manner, but for how cold it was, it was like I waited for 25 minutes. Also, <laughs> and he just I slaps them. No, I guarantee Bruno Sammartino does not know what his wife's voice sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then she opened, then something I assume happens because yeah. I see your face and I taught myself to not hear women. He yeah he once took saw a while. he once saw his wife go into a toilet and he had to be talked down from divorce he's che- she's cheating on her on me with that toilet she's peeing Bruno it's <laughs> <That's> cheating <laughs> uh so basic this is the thing people say Ali Anoki is a prelude to no the it's not that that would be like if someone anything, dropping a it. guitar is a prelude to rock and roll like it's like no like. Yeah. This is the other thing about true. This is the thing about people complain about. Um, well, I mean, I know people. Some people complain about like oh, real fighting and you know how UFC works because they'll like they have rounds and they will if something you know if some if they stall out in a position they'll have them stand up. If anything, I think this fight pushed mixed martial arts back like ten years because you're like oh yeah then it'll just be super boring. And it will sometimes. Like I, th- I forget which UFC it is, but it's like, oh, super fight. Ken Shamrock versus Hoist Gracie. Literally, Ken Shamrock takes him down and just lies on top of him for one whole hour. Like that is, that's what happens sometimes when it's yeah. like this is essentially a stalemate. So um, it's a sport. So let's make it fun for people to watch. Like you know, if someone actually, and this is the other thing, is like both sides kind of have to have no, um, they have to have no leverage, which clearly. An, Ali had the leverage to make it like actually like a proper thing. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. The fight was not viewed well in Japan at the time because in the time, but in time, sorry, because of who was involved and the popularity of MMA is now viewed completely differently. But in the U.S., it's not nearly as well known. And Anoki, to people who lived in the 70s, vaguely remembered by sports fans and even the public as a Japanese wrestler or martial artist or karate guy or whatever, with the big jaw, Ali fought in the farce of a fight. And most people just think it's straight up like it was. Enoki was scared, so he just sat on his butt. That's the other thing. So the optics, what actually happened says one thing and the optics another thing. But it was still really, one of the biggest sporting events of all time. It's really one of those things, too. It's like they it's like they set a fire, and then that fire warmed a bunch of orphaned children. So it gets remembered as being very nice, and no one realizes that they were burning a bunch of old people. That's what the Ali and Oki yeah. fight is. Like it's like this unmitigated disaster taught these kids to read. <laughs> yeah, it was like, and it was very because you can't just have something like, oh yeah, that sucked. Everything everyone has to read into anything when that many yeah, people that's watch a very it. Good they point. can't just be like, it's such it's a, a circus. Problem. That's such a problem with wrestling in particular. Is with everything anything. everything? Yeah, but like wrestling really loves. A, what does this mean? It's like it means that CM Punk's an asshole. That's what it means. Like, but what's the deeper meaning to the fallout from All Out? It's like a guy with that many chest tattoos is probably a cunt. That's what that means. You're like, yeah, he <laughs> reminds me of like, um, yeah, he reminds- he's like any fucking head chef you bring into a restaurant who's like, yeah, he's a great chef, but he's fucked. Oh well, he brought some great food, but he's fucked, so he's gone. Here's who CM Punk reminds me of. All of the guys who told me, you just sometimes have to just go out there and get pussy. And then all those guys, suddenly their social media disappeared around Me Too in 2017. That's who CM Punk (laughs) reminds me of. Yeah. All of the people that taught improv in Toronto until uh, the fall of 2017, you all have deep CM Punk energy. Yeah. Well, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) as years went by, uh, Shinma managed to erase the bad memories and cover up the stench left by the rotten match by booking Anoki to win against martial arts superstars like Karate World Champion Man Eddie Everett, a rematch with Ruska, Olympic Judo bronze medalist who would become Bad News Allen, Alan Schoolidge, Chuck Wepner, who went 12 rounds with Ali and is the basis for Rocky, and numerous others. Basically... You just he basically Anoki did what they I thought was really cool, which what they did with Taz in ECW, which was let's bring in these like middling martial artists and he'll beat the shit out of them. It's really interesting too. That's exactly what they did. Basically, Taz is um, 
New York area is the tri-state area Antonio Noki in that yeah. he just has a job on radio and um and his son seems okay. <laughs> he kept this is the great thing that I think it's so smart for him to do this be like, "Oh yeah, Baba, you you enjoy fighting your professional wrestlers. I'm a real fighter. I fight real athletes and it's then so just funny. has weird shitty matches against it, everything really just comes back down to baba and anoki don't like each other like how often do you think the two of them called each other at four o'clock in the morning i feel like there was a lot of like <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> oh and then it's 1977 december 8th anoki has a famous match against the grand antonio who um who was a big draw against ricky dozen we talked about that in the ricky dozen mm-hmm. episode and then um he no sells a bunch of Inoki strikes and honestly one of the most vicious knockouts I've seen where it's like and then he went like most wrestling matches really disappoint where it's like he fucking wouldn't sell for him so he fucking stiffed him and like even the famous APA versus the public enemy is like yeah I I mean they're really hitting these guys but it's like they're also still wrestling like they're not actually punching them they're just like still they're just hitting them more than you would if you were just like working the whole thing completely, but Antonio okay, actually gets mad and just knocks him the fuck out. It's fucking crazy. Stomps the shit out of him and kicks his fucking ass. This Which is still f- a dick move because like this guy's in a foreign country. Like, what's he gonna do? Start fucking wailing on Antonio and Oki and take his fucking life into his hands? Well, either way, Antonio is gonna fucking. Um, here's the thing that I always want to come back to with Antonio and Oki building his legacy this way is that it's sort of the smartest thing ever because he's also never gonna be unseated. There's never gonna be a way. There's never gonna be a time where someone's gonna do this this way again. Even with ta- like, it's one of those things where it's kind of legacy proof in that Antonio Anogi will always be part of the conversation in a way that Giant Baba will not be because he kind of used the outside world's athletic energy to fuel his own company and his legacy. It's incredibly intelligent, but there's no way he could have known this at the time. I think he just was like, I'll beat these other people and it'll make me look good. But it weirdly created himself this odd legacy that will live on longer than Giant Baba. And that I don't think that modern wrestling yeah. fans are really aware of Giant Baba. And Anoki is definitely like, it was an he event took, that he, he dies. The whole thing that Antonio Anoki did versus failed like, and then yeah. succeeded. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, it's again, it's like if he jumped Snake River, it's like if Evil Knievel jumped Snake River Canyon and then a bunch of seeds fell out of his pocket and then created a rainforest that saved the earth. Like that's what it's like. <laughs> like this was horrible idea at the time. And then we didn't know the internet was going to be created and we didn't know on the internet it would mostly be just dudes with arm fat being like, well, actually, this is actually the beginning of this. And then that created a legacy for the tone man. Uh, Anoki only had like a bunch of or a couple true shoot matches. And there was the most interesting one is against. And I'm going to fuck this up. So let's go. go ahead. Baby. Here we go. In 1979 with uh, 1979 against Yahara Palawan of Pakistan. Whee! The Palawan match was in a large stadium in his home country. It was a work gone awry with the hometown hero going against the script. Shooting on Anoki and biting My him. Favorite part. He bit him. Um, <laughs> he bit the fucking shit. At the time, he was 46 years old. When he tried to shoot on Anoki, Anoki had a little trouble with him, dominated on the ground in the second round, broke his arms using a Kimura bottom, uh, from the bottom to sweep and submit him before 40,000 fans in the National Stadium in Karachi. It was probably the scariest moment of Anoki's right because a riot was about to break out, and as the legend has it, guns were being cocked and aimed in his direction. But in a traditional post-match wave, uh, to the fans in Pakistan, uh, the fans saw a symbolic gesture uh, that he was thanking Allah for the win, and thus he turned out okay. It was largely hidden in Japan because Anoki lost. Just as famous in Pakistan was the June 17, 1979 match where Anoki against Yahara Pelawan um, before 30,000 people in Gaddafi Stadium in Karachi, Pakistan. The match was also is also available on the internet. What it's what it is sorry, pardon me. What it was supposed to be going on that's Hobson messed that one up anyway. Yeah, Hobson's on amphetamines. Uh, what was supposed to be going on <laughs> is anyone's guess, uh, but it would make no, uh, no more sense in 1979 for Anoki to do a high-profile shoot as it would be in 1986 for Hulk Hogan to do one. Um, but it very clearly ended up being something as a real fight. There were no punches to the face, but there were to the body blows, headbutts, and mostly wrestling. Pelon was clearly stronger and wearing Anoki out, who couldn't get much offense and was mostly on his back, never threatened with, uh, and never threatened with a submission. But Pelon had wrestling skill and no finishing skill. They went... Um, 
uh, five five-minute rounds before time expired. In Japan, it was reported as a draw, notably uh, because, in theory, uh, that would lead to a rematch that never happened in actuality. Uh, Pelawan was ruled the winner by a decision in Japan. It was like Backlund versus Anoki in the U.S. and was pretty much hidden from history. This is the other weird thing is he, like, goes international to make cash for the company. Yeah, and also, like, you need to do that just so you're fresh. Like, you can't just stay there winning. And also, by this point... He probably feels like he's evolved past being a wrestler and kind of needs to do stuff like to rejuvenate the company in a weird way. Like just to kind of keep he's got it started a couple years ago and now he just wants um, and now he just wants to diversify himself and be like, I am the king of wrestling. I've evolved past wrestling. It's not as crazy as it would get where it's like the man just clearly never wants to die <laughs> yeah i am the future i am king i am god king here to make all apparently Anoki became a huge cultural figure in pakistan based off those two matches because it makes sense he beat his uncle and then he lost to his uh the uncle's nephew so obviously pardon me um but yahara was uh 19 at the time he fought Anoki, which is just not fair and uh akram was the older man who Anoki broke both his arms so that makes sense. That's a that's a proper thing. You come in, you beat the old guy, give the new guy his shine. That totally makes sense, even in a professional wrestling thing. Also, it's in Pakistan, so it's like there's no world media at this time, so who fucking cares? Like Floyd, Floyd Mayweather doing all these weird boxing matches in Japan. People just like kind of know about it and that it's happening, but it's like... Yeah, this no one would know what this fu was fucking happening at all. You'd read about it in a book if Mayweather was around in like the seventies. No one would have any fucking idea. So He's fucking like nuts. knocking out Instagram stars in Japan for some reason, <laughs> which is like, yeah. wait, wait, you know, he talks about how much money he has, but it's like clearly you wasted all of it. Continue, John. It would be yeah, it would be like if, and this is sort of what is happening now with wrestling. It'd be kind of like if the WWE for most of their money in the year would do like one or two pay per views in like a like a despot like country and just act like that doesn't affect um, the rest of the card the rest of the year. I wonder if they would ever do that. <laughs> hey, buddy, that's what they did. What the fucking Logan Paul? Match. I know that's the joke. That's uh, good go stuff. Um, I like it. Let's do our biggest matches: The Rock versus Roman. In Russia. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Ooh. WrestleMania 30, whatever the fuck it is this year, will be coming to you live from the borders of Poland and Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> his fondness for Pakistan and the Muslim religion led to his changing his real name to Muhammad Hassan Anoki. He considered Muhammad Ali Anoki, but Hassan was, in fact, after Saddam Hussein because of the negotiations to release... But Hussein was, in fact, after Saddam Hussein because of their negotiations to release Japanese hostages. Um, there's no mention the of when he changed that, that name because maybe he was like, I like the Saddam Hussein guy who seems young. Hopefully he doesn't grow up to do anything weird yeah, on a world yeah. stage. Let me <laughs> ask you this. My name. That guy with the mustache who's got all the pistols. He seems fun. <laughs> yeah. He keeps talking it's about pretty, a coup. <laughs> it's pretty sweet to like something and then just change your name to it. Like That's why I'm Skittles Dylan God. I'm loving that's, those Skittles. That's why they both. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by me, John Altoids. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, last thing, I will just drop off here uh, at that weird note, and then we'll pick it up next yeah. week. We will um, pick it up talking more about Muhammad Hussein Anoki. Can I just say that did they get the conspiracy theory that Barack Obama was a Muslim from just reading about Antonio Anoki? <laughs> I don't know. I've I never heard of a pro wrestler about. who loves more, who loves dictators more than this man. Oh, I have to go, ladies and gentlemen. Dylan, what's the best thing about Antonio Noki in this period? I have mine. Best thing, he just keeps having fights with people in parts of the world, then going back to Japan. They're like, why are you bruised? Uh, the airplane trip was rough. I like. Um, I like. Oh, he's he... running a company at this point, and then just flying to Karachi to break a local's arm. I love him so much. <laughs> I like seventies wrestling because it is truly like. The equivalent of like you know those remember those nineties you'd see Japanese commercials where we didn't know about that like Tom Hanks was in just because they yeah, gave him yeah, an yeah, ass yeah. load of cash. This is Antonio Inoki's where it's like I'll go have a shoot fight some weird place in the world that doesn't exist because he clearly has an itch for actually fighting people and you get to fill it in a way that doesn't hurt you at all because after the clearly after the Ali thing it didn't go the way he wanted. 
So he just had to get his itch filled somewhere else. And he's like, I'll just go fight these guys in Pakistan because no one will ever hear about how this happened or what happened. I can win. I can lose. It doesn't fucking matter. It's also just like it feels made up. It feels like a story. A kid who lies is like, oh, where were you? I was like, I was just in Karachi, Pakistan for a bag of money wrestling. You're like, what? Antonio Inoki might be the most fascinating wrestler of all time. I like it because it is really like just Hogan just did fucking... Well, I guess Hogan did go to Japan and just win and lose freely because no one fucking paid attention in the 90s or the 80s. It's just like, whatever. Yeah, still fascinating. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to go. Um, I'm about the to worst have to... thing is you can't do stuff like this anymore. You're it it, the it is the worst stuff. It's also... No one can take risks, really. Once you're the public guy, you're in. What's also sad about it is also it's just the wrestling has lost this type of crazy where mm. it's just like, what do you think? It's like, I think that I can beat up... I, like, I guarantee Antonio Inoki... Is this good went, CM Punk, maybe? Yeah, he, if he, he could if actually Antonio, beat people up. If Antonio Inoki walked by a military base, he'd be like, I could beat that army. And they would ha- he'd have to be physically stopped from going in and attacking a tank. Oh, armor <laughs> the tank. Yeah, the tank will tap out. It'll be fucking bitch-ass tank. Yeah, but yeah, that's like clearly Antonio Inoki was just like, that, you're right. Like, that level of crazy, that pro wrestler crazy, where we've talked about it before, you need to have an A, a mental disorder, or B, genuinely, you could beat up the sun to be a pro wrestler, because they want to see you actually suspend your, they want to, you want to suspend your disbelief and believe that that guy thinks he could win this fight. Yeah. And Inoki was great at it, because he thought he could actually beat people up. And could, in some cases, beat up old men. Speaking of beating up old men, I gotta go take a shit. Ladies and gentlemen, we love you. We'll see you next week. Suck.